You know, if you, I don't know if, you, if you've read through Philippians a few times, or, you know, I hope you have. And uh, what happens, uh, you know, if you do your devotion and you just read through it, and sometimes, you, you, know, you know, if you're a two-chapter-a-day or a three-chapter-a-day person or a one-chapter, whatever, sometimes, uh, and, and let me say this, it's a good idea to uh, exercise yourself to godliness, to say, hey, I'm going to try to read. I'm not, if, if you're not reading at all, commit to one verse. You know what I mean? Start. How long does it take to read a verse, right? And then you can work up to a chapter a day or two chapters a day. I think if you read three or four chapters a day, you can read the Bible through in a year. There's a lot of plans that do that. And if you've never done that, let me encourage you, do that. But what happens if you're in that, if you're in that system of, of uh, i got to read three chapters, sometimes you read it without really uh, embracing it. You know, and what I found in studying for these is when I go back and reread it and reread it and, and you know, you read it a few times, uh, just the things jump out, uh, at you and, and, uh, there's revelation there. So the reality, the book of Philippians is an incredible book. It's a book of just exuberance of, of God pouring out his, uh, his favor and his goodness. You know, and, uh, and whatever the church at Philippi was doing, I, I mean, you, you know, you, if you've read through Corinthians, that was a mess, right? But God still poured out his favor, his love and his kindness and all that. But but in in Philippians, it just seems to be all, there are just so many good things in here, so many uh, 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 revelations and truth that if we can grasp a hold of them and live them, Okay, and and he closes off in chapter four. So I'm going to break it up in a, in a few verses. But here, uh, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter four, verse four, starting. Um, and the scripture says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." He says, "I'll say it again: Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone." The Lord is near, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. An incredible, just pungent, you know, declaration to, first of all, uh, to rejoice. What does it mean to rejoice? What's it mean? Anybody in here rejoice today? You know? Anybody? Okay. I hope so. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, uh, you know, rejoice if you feel good. It really is a choice that we have to make. If we're going to rejoice, it's a choice. Uh, you know, I am not, when I come in here or, it's not even when it says rejoice always, you know, it's not, oh, I'm going to rejoice when the band's playing, you know, it's, it's a joyful life. It's, it's having the joy that God intends us to have to wear it. Right. And I'm telling you, you say, well, no, I can't do that. It's, I got all this stuff. I'm rejoicing in your life is a choice that you make. Okay, you can choose to be sour, you can choose to be bitter, you can choose all of these other things, but rejoicing is a choice. You know, there are the, the times, and I'm sure the worship band sometimes feel it, that, that, that they're on display and, the, you know, waiting for somebody to respond. And, and, and if you're, you're out here and you're, you're going to respond to what they're playing, that's not rejoicing. I, I don't care if, you know, they, do a wonderful job, but I'm not wondering how good Terry's playing the guitar that morning. Or if, if, you know, if the drum beats just right, it always is, but I just, I'm here to lift up the Lord, right? There is a, a conscious choice I make and that I, you should make. I, I'm just going to worship. I'm going to, I am going to choose, you know, to rejoice is a choice. Rejoice always. Are there situations and times in your life you don't feel like rejoicing? Yeah. But you know what? 
The scripture says, even in those times, you can find that place and to be joyful and, uh, uh, you know, allow your, your mind. And again, it is more, and you're going to find this, that he's talking almost a psychology. It's a more of a state of your mind. You know, not everything, when you mention psychology, you think, oh, that's all carnal. Well, it's a study of the mind. Okay, and what the spirit is speaking to the church is a way of controlling or uh, um, bringing into captivity the way you think, manipulating you. Mani- How many of you know you can manipulate the way you think? You can't. You that's you. You can't stop thoughts from coming into your head, right? I mean, man, I'm driving up this morning and these. What? Where did that come from? You know, say, get that thing. I'm, you know, you ever driving down the road and say, and hear the thought, you know, you ought to run that car into that tree. Huh? Think about it. Those thoughts, I mean, there's all kinds of thoughts. You don't have, you don't have to give in to them. But what happens is, is when you can, and, We'll get on to it more, but let me finish this thought. Rejoicing is a choice. Okay. Uh, if I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always, today, what a, that was a great service. A little bit nervous. My All my my friends here from my childhood friends, I thought they're going to freak out, but they loved it, you know. And um, I would much rather, absolutely, you know, it's the will of God for us to rejoice. And in uh, and that thought, again, my, that thought, oh my, what are they going to think? It's like, forget that. We're here to lift up Jesus if they, you know. And uh, uh, so rejoicing ought to be a part of your life. It's a way of thinking. It's a choice that you make. You know, and every time I pick the girl up from school or, or from the job, how's your dad? I'm not, I'm not trying to make it up, but man, it, this is great. Life, because God is good, life is okay. Life is great. God, there's, there's something to be joyful about. You know, if you've ever uh, been in the place where, um, you know, my own, again, I can't talk to anybody Definitively about myself. Man, when I finally get out of the Navy, life's going to be good. Or when I finally get married, life's going to be good. Or when we have children or when, you know, you, you always put off, you know, if this event happens and you're waiting for the thing. Well, I'm going to tell you today's the thing. I've realized if there's anything in the maturity of my life as I've gotten older is I realize that, uh, it's today. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be joyful, I, it's not gonna be when we go on vacation again. Oh, I can't wait till whatever, and like we can get away. No, today's a great day. The, the will of God in my life today is a great thing. The labor He's got before me, the work that He's got before my life, it's it's okay, and it's a choice that I make that you can make. I'm gonna choose to rejoice. Is everything perfect in my life? Uh, what do you think? Everything perfect in your life? You're gonna wait till, you know, everything is at that place where it's all great? Then you'll never, uh, uh, rejoice. It says, so rejoicing is a choice. It, it says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. What do you think graciousness means? Give me an idea. Anybody look it up in another translation? Literally means your gentleness. Okay, um, I think that uh, uh, an attribute of Christ, His nature. You know how many you have ever expected Him to be harsh to you and find Him to be nothing but gentle. You know I don't think I've ever had an encounter with Him. Stern, maybe. Uh, uh, but the majority of times there's a gentleness about his presence and about his voice. 
And if we're going to be partakers of His divine nature, it says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. It ought to be that 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 ought to be an attribute of our lives. That uh, um, uh, goodness towards others. It says, the Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your heart and your minds. Okay? Here is, you know, the big one here. Don't worry about anything. Is that possible? Is that even humanly possible? Think about it for a moment. How many of you here are carrying things and you're worrying about them? Okay, how many of you? Anybody? Okay, everything from health, you know, raising kids to when's my career going to start? Am I going to sell cars? My, when's it going to end? <laughs> You know, we worry about so many different things, but I'm going to ask you, and listen, this is a, you know, an effort on your part. Put yourself five years ago, okay? Think about it. What did you worry about back then? Give me some examples. What were you worried about five years ago? Kids? Worried about paid for, for weddings? I was. Money? Worried about health? Taxes, dear God, I still worry about those. <laughs> Come on, what else? You name it. All right, now I'm going to ask you those things that you worried about. Did God take care of them? He's still here. Okay, does he provide? You know, is it perfect yet? No. But everything that I've ever worried about, if I look back at it, God, not, not because you're haphazard and you say, ah, you know what, we'll just throw caution in the wind and not care. But the reality of it is, if it's something you really care and have concern about, then you make time uh, uh, through prayer and petition. Okay? Part of the definition of what? Mm-hmm. All right, define it. What do you mean? In other words, it's tied to another scripture that says, look to the care of others. Right. Don't, don't worry about, don't look to your own interest. Right. I got your back. Right. Easier to easy to say, but the reality is, if you he takes care of all of our needs, and that's one of these things that we're going to see uh, that a lot of times people have misquoted that, uh, or or no no that's a different one. He, we can do all things through Christ. They misquoted, but he does he supplies all our needs according to his riches. If it is that you are in the right. I mean, he takes care of everyone. But the way you think, what you allow your thoughts to dwell on, what you worry about so continually, and and uh, what you cause, what causes you anxiety, the scripture says, "Be anxious for nothing, nothing." Okay, you can write this down in the margin of your Bible, or tattoo it on you somewhere. I don't know how you're going to do this. All right, you're going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm telling you, we're going to get, we are going to be there, right? How many know we're going to be there? Okay. We're going to, when we get there, you're going to go, I worried about all that stuff, and he had it the whole time. Mark that down. You're going to say that. If you're one that's anxious and you're worried and you're fretting about this and that, you're going to get up there and you're going to say, man, did I waste a lot of time, energy, and effort when I could have been joyful? The reality of it is, I am convinced that he's got my back. doesn't stop me from being a human being, right? It doesn't stop me from, oh boy, 
but but catch yourself. Don't let that be get out of control. Those thought the enemy of your soul will constantly bombard you with questions and thoughts and and uh, uh, things that you you don't know. And so you're like ah. Bring every thought into him. Yes. Worry is the misuse of imagination. My grandfather, the old Irishman, said you're paying a debt on something you don't even know yet when you when you're worrying about things. You're paying into something you don't even know that yet. Yeah. It's just a part of who we are, but but the reality again, worry uh, co- turns into sometimes complaining. Anybody ever complain about anything? Okay, listen, listen. Here here's the reality. It says, it says, but in everything, say everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Okay, this is key. All right, so you're complaining, you're worrying, you're you're wondering. It says, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. If there's something that you just see is so terrible, and how much have you prayed about it more than you worried about it? Honestly, how much effort and energy have you put into whether, again, it gets in your head, you get worried about it, you get, you start complaining about it, you start complaining to others, it turns into, you know, all kinds of other stuff, rather than, okay, God, let me take this to you and give this to you. And uh, You want to come up here and say it? You know, yeah, I was going to say, what do you think it is, your birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So, so, I mean, just this morning he's talking about tracking with God and, um, you know, pursuing after him and, but, you know, knowing the voice of God has a lot to do with being able to pursue after him too. And uh, this is the thing, when we start you know, we're supposed to let our requests be made known unto God. This is such a gift to us, this particular scripture, that we can, um, really, we, God says we are children. We are children of the Most High King. And if you think about your children, children that are in a really safe, secure home, what do they worry about? Really? They're joyful. Life is good. They're happy. And God is kind of saying, why don't you just kind of do that too? That it's really, that it's okay. And so I was thinking about what it is that makes it so difficult. And um, I really think that it has something to do with the fact, well, number one, maybe we've gotten older and we've realized that things don't always work out the way we want them to. And so maybe we develop a little bit of um, anxiety. Bad things happen to good people. You know, the world's not a safe place for us particularly. So, but what it really is, I think underneath it all is that, let me just say this first, God has given each of one of us an inner voice that's not just our own, but he wants to lead us and guide us by his spirit into all truth. And what I have come to realize is that those times when I'm feeling uncomfortable or nervous or scared, I have not one time stopped and asked him, what he thinks about that. Because I get all, you know, (laughs) often somewhere else with my thoughts. And yet God is saying to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. You know, when I was in, when I was in uh, college, my first year of college, before I even, when God was just really starting to draw me, uh, my history class, we learned about John Locke, who was this philosopher who was really concerned about where our thoughts come from. And, And for some reason that really that really drew me. And that's been kind of like a a theme through my life is my thought life. And, um, 
so what I've come to realize is that God has given us an inner voice, but we don't want to trust it because we're afraid we allow ourselves to live under condemnation. We're afraid that we're not, God's not really going to talk to us that way because we know that we're not that great. And why would he want to do something so good for us? Um, and so we continue to try to do it ourselves when the truth is, if we'll just stop and listen, that's what he wants us to do. He's given us that inner voice as a gift to ourselves. And I thought, well, why don't I think a little bit more often about stopping and really listening to that? And I'll tell you what it is. It's control. I feel like somehow if I'm worried or I'm concerned about something, I'm doing something productive. <laughs> Until, you know, I mean, really, why would we do it otherwise unless we thought it was going to do some good? And I think it's a way of staying in control. When we don't sleep at night, it's a way of staying in control. I can't let this go. And God has called us not to be in control. He's called us to obedience. So that means that whatever things he brings into my life, I get to learn obedience. Whatever blessing he brings into my life, I get to learn obedience. Whatever hardship he brings into my life, I am not in control. Can you just say that with me? I am not in control. I am only in obedience. You can just say that every day. Every day we all do. And I just want to encourage you, that inner voice will not lead you astray. And so there's a scripture in Isaiah. Oh, I wish I, I wish I had it. Can I have your Bible? <laughs> so... Um, if you just be with, bear with me for just one minute, let me find the scripture. It, it, I've never read it like this before. It was so good. I want to share it. I don't know your Bible, Shelley. I'm looking hard for Isaiah in here. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, it's in the 40s. Talks about who is my anointed one. I don't, I hope, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put my... But he says, who is my anointed one, but the one who walks? Well, you know what? When I find it, I will share it with you, but I'll just have to paraphrase it here. He said, who is my anointed one, but the one who walks, um, as if he had, it's, he says, as if he had blinders on. And when I first read that, I thought, okay, you're rebuking people that are righteous and that are your people. But I read it again, and that's not what the Lord is saying. He's saying, blessed are my righteous ones who basically walk not looking at what's on the right or what's on the left. All the voices that come to us and say, God's not true, or this terrible thing's going to happen, or you need to be worried about that. It's a scripture that let me know we have to have blinders. God wants us to be single-minded, and all we see is what he has shown us. That's the only thing that we allow in our sight, and we walk by faith. We but walk by faith. We are not in control. We're only in, in obedience. So God bless you. I really, I just really hope that you can take that, really just feed off that. It, that is a living idea. That is something that can be meat for days. So God bless you. I love you guys. Praise the Lord. So the idea and, and truth in our lives, it is filtered through the way we think, what we think, how we think, and um, so so making those choices of of rejoicing or you know when you think of rejoicing, you think of somebody throwing a touchdown, you're going crazy. No, it's a state of joyfulness. It's just a, that constant state, uh, the gentleness, in in. Uh, um, let me read Acts 17 and two, uh, 27. It says, uh, He did this so that they might seek God and perhaps that they might reach out and find Him, though He was not far from uh, each, though He's not far from each one of us. The whole idea of Him being, uh, being near to us. 
you know, and the, the desire, and I'm trying to get back to where uh, uh, the peace of God passing our understanding, and he'll guard our hearts and minds. He's not very far from any one of us. And uh, sometimes it's the way we think that keeps him away. And then, like Jeannie said, the uh, the desire to be, uh, be in control rather than uh, uh, taking control of your thoughts, uh, you let your thoughts take control, right? And you, and you just have to be uh, mindful. So here, here's what it says. Let me read the next four verses. It says, finally, brothers, and this is Philippians 4, 8, or 4, 8 through in 9. It says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, right? Whatever is honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's any praise, what are we to do? Dwell on those things. Think on those things. What's he telling you to do? Control the way you think. Control the way you think. Let it be that that uh, uh, you get those negative things, wherever the input. And my God, be careful. And let me say it again, especially, it's every season. But how many know if you uh, listen to the news and you read the news all the time, I'm telling you, we're toast. Right? I, I did. I, I went online this morning just, you know, just going to catch up with some headlines. I'm like, whoa. I don't even want, why would I want to think about those things? I can't do anything about them, right? What is the point except the spirit of our age wants you to dwell on things that are not honorable? They want, they want you to think on things that are not, that, that are not just. We want to, the injustice of the world. There's always been injustice. You, you gonna change something in Corinth today? You know, if you're all spun up about whatever it is that's out there, the evil that's out there, are you going to change it? And so, you know, I, I again, there was a period of time when talk radio, I'd listen to it. But now I, there's some of them that all it is is anxiety. and oh, oh, oh. It's like even if I agree with them, it's like I can't even listen to you. It's You're, you're not, you know, you're promoting this confusion and and so the reality of it let me tell you how it is whatever's true honorable just pure if you had to filter everything that's the thoughts whether you're going to allow them to stay and make a place and you make home for them where you can you know because out of the abundance of your heart what you think your mouth speaks right you make a place for those things, and if there's any more excellence, if there's any praise, you dwell on these things, and what happens is your speech changes. The way you talk. When you get up in the morning, it's, you know, is it a joyful, good, is it a good day? Oh, man, I hate work. I hate, you know, my brand of coffee. I hate the muffins. I hate the weather. I hate where I live. I hate, you know, come on. There's, there's some people that because of it's nothing more than the way you think. I'm telling you, God is as good to you as he is to me. And, and no, is everything fair? Do you know, do I, you know, would I have it different, a little different? Yeah. If I was in charge, but I'm not in control. So you take what you have, and I know God's gifted it to me. He's gifted it to you. And what I can do is live it joyfully because that's his desire. No. Yes. There is no end to my wants. I, I want. I want. I need. I need. <laughs> but really, what I need, and that, that comes in, I, I got to get to it. I got time. 
But the idea, he absolutely, like I said, if we go back five years ago, those things that caused us anxiety, did he care for us? Even if it didn't go our way. You know, even if there was a great loss, still, you know, I can see his hand in it. And and the things I wish back then, I'm thinking, wow, 10 years ago, whatever it was, I, I didn't need to be that anxious. I just didn't need to let it keep me up at night, you know. And so what I'm desperately trying to do at this stage of my life is to say, wait a minute, it's going to work out. Right now, whatever it is, it's going to work out. God's, you know, he's going to supply. So, so the idea, if you were to take these scriptures right here and apply them to your life, put them over your mirror, and, and, and this one is, is, you know, if it's true, finally, brother, listen, let me, let me make a point here that you're not going to, you know, finally, brothers, if it's true, think on that. If, if it's, if it's honorable, think on that. If it's, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's commendable. In other words, if it's hateful, are you to think on that? If it's unjust, do you let your head go there? You know, if, if it's morally impure, do you let that captivate your thoughts? Whatever it is, if there's any, we have plenty that some want to criticize others. Well, they're not doing it the way I would, or, uh, you know, if I was in charge, I'd be doing this, or, you know, whether it's your job, whether it's uh, the church, whether it's your home, what, if there's any praise, think on those things. You know, Wayne's out there mowing the grass and he misses one spot. He mowed the whole field, but he missed a spot. There's some people that zero in on the spot. Not that you missed the spot. But the reality, now come on, man, you got, there's plenty of things in our lives, and I'm looking at people that are, that are praiseworthy. That your lives, what you've done, perfection? No. Covered by his blood? Yes. You know, do I believe that we're just, you know, we're trying to do the will of God? We're, we're, we're every one of us. That's what I believe about us. That we're just trying to create an atmosphere where people can come in. And do we do it perfect? No. But is it praise? Is there plenty of things going on here that are praiseworthy? Absolutely. You want to look at the one thing that's out? You think, yeah, I always want to do better. Be challenged, but not, not, you know, there's those that have a critical spirit. I, it's from a whole different place. And, and so, whatever, whatever it is. So, so think on those things. Let that be. Uh, Make a covenant with your brain. Man, I'm not going, you're not going to stop it, especially if, do you realize, especially if you are in a habit of thinking bad. Do you realize that you and Jeannie could do a better job of this? You literally shape your brains by the, I'm talking about the gray matter, the way you think. Your brains are being reshaped right now as you're thinking. What you allow in, and, and if you are used to, and you've been, you know, constantly put down and negative thinking and fear it's been a part of your life. It's so easy to be drawn into the, that pattern of thinking in your life. It just, it's almost like it's the natural flow. And, and the thing of it is you can exercise yourself to not think those ways, but it is an effort. You got to stop and say, why am I thinking like this? And, 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 and it says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ is what the scripture says. That's it. That's like a wrestling. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. There's a thought. Not going there or wrestling it out. It's not staying here. Why? You know, why? You got to ask yourself why you think the way you do. And, and then 
begin. You let the word of God dwell in your heart. You let this scripture say, finally, brethren, you know, and if you memorize something, say it 15 times, read it, read it, read it. So, you know, so that when those thoughts come in, how many times in your life has thoughts come in where the enemy of your soul or just the world and the word of God comes in as a defense? Or or temptation comes and the songs of Zion come in. You ever have that happen? Worship song. I was boom. There it is. You know? And and so it, you can put those things in there. Memorize some things here. And uh uh it, it'll help you with the way you think. And it, it goes on, it says, uh do what you've learned and received and heard. And seen of me, and the peace, and and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. The God. The, I'm telling you, peace. Just that everything's okay. How many have a sense everything's okay? It's okay. Today's okay. Yeah, but harm hurts, and you know I'm not totally healed yet. And yeah, but you know what? Everything's still. God has this. He has your life. He has your day. He has your tomorrows. He's covered my past. What is left? Right? It's the God of peace. All right. So listen to this. In right, uh, one of these major points, it, verse number 10 says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I did, I don't say this out of need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. Okay, there's a progression here. If you're going to think these things, it comes from a place of contentment. Everybody say contentment. Okay. Do you know what it is to be content? You know what it is to want. So he said, I've learned uh, to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know uh, both how to have a little and how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well. By sharing with me in my hardship. If you look at the scripture, how many have ever quoted, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what I mean? We have so misquoted that. I can do all things. And as if, you know, it's some great, you know, deep, powerful thing that God wants us to do. When what Paul is referring to, what the Spirit is referring to, is the thing in our life of contentment. I can do all things through Christ is when I feel like it's falling apart or, or I don't have everything I need or, or want and all of these things. Paul said, I have learned that whatever state I'm in, there will be content. The question is, are you content today with where you are in God, with who you are? And again, it's, it's not, the balance is this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. I'm reaching out. I'm always reaching out. But while I'm reaching out at the same time, I am convinced that God knows right where I am. I am also convinced there is nothing I can do about yesterday's failures. How many can go back? Relive yesterday? Anybody ever able to do that? I don't care what Hollywood, you know, time travel doesn't work. You can't go back and change that. You know what covers that? The cross. I'm convinced of the cross. And so, so here I am reaching for him, but in my life right now, in our lives right now, there ought to be a sense, whether you have, uh, whether you have a lot or a little. You know, people, we judge one another. Oh, they, they got a lot or they, you know, they got a little. Let me tell you something. I've had a lot. I've had a little. Listen to me, folks. There is no difference in joy. Zero. In fact, you accumulate stuff 
Hey, you know, you, the, the people that are, that are most free, are, they have nothing. Right? They're not trying to support anything. They just, you know, they just get to live. But the reality of it is, in our lives, you think, man, if I get a lot, then I'm going to be content. If you're if you're not content with a little, you'll never be content with a lot. That's just flat out reality. And and if you're not, you know, if you think contentment, you know, enjoys because you have stuff, you'll get stuff, and you know what? God's going to take it from you, just to prove that it's not in the stuff. He does that. Why? Because he cares about us. And the reality of it is, being able to do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, that's not great deeds. It's that internal peace that wherever I, if I'm in a jail cell and I got to write the epistles from the jail cell, I'm like, woo, rejoice. If I, you know, if I'm preaching to the crowd, what difference? If I'm, if I'm doing what God's called me to do, I've learned whether I have a lot or a little, that contentment, godliness with contentment, what's the scripture say? Great gain. Godliness with contentment. And, um, you know, Paul, again, you think about that. Paul was excited that they're willing to share. like it. The reality of it is, listen, there's relationships in your life. Uh, is your wife everything you want her to be? Today. Okay. Is your husband, is your husband everything you want him to be? Okay. Listen to me. I'm going somewhere. The idea is if you are grateful for not where you see a lack, but where you see, there's too many of us. There's a blessing right in front of you, and you're not even thankful for it. Because you see the lack, not the provision. And I'm telling you, God's provided for us. I'm talking in relationship. Right? God's provided for us. We see the lack, and so we're never thankful for what he's provided. Oh, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that. Well, what do you have? And what, and the idea of rejoicing is being thankful, having a thankful heart for what you have. The, the, you know, a relationship, you, you know, start being grateful for, for what God's brought into your life and you'll find joy in that again. And, and your attitude will be different and it may reflect and, and come back to you different, but, but it's, it is absolutely true. It's impossible to be joyful. If you're not thankful, and so where do you start? You look at what right here, right now. If you were to think for a moment, everybody close your eyes. How many have a pain in your body? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I, if I were to let that, there's people that are, that's, <gasps> they have a pain, and that's what they focus on. And you know what happens to that pain? magnifies because that's the way you think i've i've got a pain i'm i'm you know what i'm gonna ignore it i'm i'm not saying you shouldn't go to the doctors if you need to but but again you let that become a focus so so in every relationship is there pain not in ours but maybe in everybody else's 
But is that, you know, is there lack? Is there, yeah. And what happens is when we are not content and we, so we start focusing on what's missing rather than what's existing and how wonderful it is. You have no idea, some of you, how lonely it can be. You know, there's people that, that suffer that loneliness. And the reality of it is you're blessed. You're blessed. God's provided. And, you know, is it perfection? You're not perfect either. So, anyway, the, the thankfulness, the joyful heart it, it is produced by a thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There is a there is a spiritual intimacy that transpires when you rejoice. Spiritual their relationship doesn't uh, uh, thrive in that covenant if unless there's intimacy, unless there's a heart to heart exchange. And uh, rejoicing is a spiritual intimacy that is a result of a covenant and a trust and a a relationship that's powerful. So, so being content uh, is the thing, uh, the all things of Him, you know. That strengthens me. I can do all things. What does that mean? I can be content with what I have. I can be. It's not that we're not striving. And I don't mind, you know, oh, so-and-so's God knew this or they bought that. And they, I don't, that doesn't bother me in the least. I'm not looking at anybody saying, well, you got it better than me or I got it better than you. That's ridiculous. You learn to be content with what you have and don't be judging somebody else. If they're being covetous and they're a brother and a sister, God knows how to handle that. I found you just wait long enough. He takes care of those things. So, uh, so be, just be careful. It just, uh, so let, let me read this and I've only got just a few minutes. If anyone teaches and I'm in first Timothy chapter, Three, it says, if anyone teaches uh, other doctrines and does not agree with sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the teaching that promotes godliness, he is conceited, understanding nothing. He has a sick interest in disputes and arguments over words. For these uh, come uh, from these come envy, quarrel, and slander, evil suspicions, constant disagreements among people whose minds are depraved, uh, deprived and depraved of the truth. Who imagine that godliness is a way to material gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. When you have those other things and, and you don't find yourself content, all of these other things is what man is bombarding you constantly. And quarreling, slander, suspicion. You know, envy, uh, all of these other things. But but when you um, can do all things through Christ, when you can be content in the condition and the situation that you're in right now and be thankful for what God's provided, there is great, great gain, it says. So let me finish with this in the next three minutes. It says in uh, chapter 4, Verse 16 of Philippians says, For even in Thessalonica you sent gifts for my need several times, not that I seek a gift, listen to this, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. That's awesome. Paul said, "I, you know, I'm, I'm content, but I, man, he said, I, I'm glad uh, uh, that you're sending me gifts. Giving, he said, not that I seek one, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account because I've received everything in full. I have an abundance. I'm fully supplied. I haven't received from all these different people an offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory uh, in Christ Jesus. The reality of it is, 
that Paul say, man, I'm thankful that you gave. But the reason I'm thankful is because I, I, I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. You see, the truth of it is, if you give, it's given to you. Good measure, pressed together. The scripture says, um, running over, it'd be poured in your lap for the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. What's Paul saying to the church? Man, I'm so three. Why he was so excited about the Philippian church? He says, you guys just giving, giving, giving. What I love to see is not the gift that you give, but the profit that's coming back to you. In other words, the increase because of the measure that you give. That's what's coming back to you. Please. Gateway, we have always been a church that gave. Always been individually. And I've watched it in people's lives. For whatever reason. They get all askew. They they get thinking wrong. I love to see people that give. Not because it helps our budget. The budget's going to go regardless. God funds what he desires. Right? I love to see the increase in people's lives as they are faithful with what God's provided in their life. That's just a flat out reality. It's born of contentment. Some people say, I can't afford to give. Well, you, you don't understand. Does he supply all your needs or not? And if he supplies all your needs according to his riches, I told somebody the other day, he said, you know, new, new, uh, just coming into faith and he, in, uh, said, I need the name of a good lawyer. I said, okay. I don't know if I know a good lawyer. I, <laughs> I know Brad. Sorry. Um, I said, what, what, well, I got this situation and problem. I said, well, Come on, you don't think God's going to take care of you? Well, I don't know. I see. I said, have you given your life to God yet or not? He said, well, no, I haven't. I said, then you need a good lawyer. <laughs> because the reality of it is, I'm convinced that he supplies all my needs. I'm convinced of that. And, and, and if, why? Because I, I try not to live a selfish, stingy life. I want to give. Uh, and I've watched it over and over again that God just continually, but does it, are there things I want? Yeah, there are things I want, but there's no end to my wants. Are all my needs supplied? Absolutely. Today? Yes. Are there things you wish were different? Again, where does that end? I'm telling you today is a good day. God did amazing things in this house. If I look back and see all the years of labor and suffering, whatever, you know, whatever it was, but it was worth it all for what happened. And I'm dead serious for what happened today. It's just, I am just, I don't know. I wish you could stand where I stand for a minute. I just love watching people's lives touched by an eternal truth. And it's the, only truth. That's the only truth that can change our lives. So, anyway, I'm happy. I'm joyful. I choose to rejoice. It's a good day. All right. Any other questions or comments? Blessings? Does anybody take a need to take a nap? Okay. Oh, Joe's going to dismiss us in prayer.